You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. I feel like we are the living embodiment of the meme of the Titanic clip of the old lady saying it's been 84 years as we all wait for the details on this potential sign and trade in order to acquire Gordon Hayward, because as we'll get into in the first segment, Boston should be very motivated to incorporate a sign and trade and not lose Gordon Hayward for nothing. We'll also get to some of the uh, other things here. Um, some of the, uh, when, excuse me, the over-under that was posted by Action Network for the Charlotte Hornets. Are we surprised about the expectations surrounding this team with Gordon Hayward and Kimba Walker had a funny revelation in the bubble, as told to us by Taylor Rooks in her latest piece on life in the bubble. So a lot to get to today, but not a what in the hell is going on, man. I'm ready for these details right now. Look, we're fiending for the details because we want to know if we can be upset. For, I'm sorry, further upset. Or if we can be, quite honestly, if we can be a little relieved that, hey, Mitch got something from Danny Ainge and he forced something out of him. Like, kind of like it was like a gangster movie or something like that. Like, we want some kind of news. It feels entirely too long for us to wait. And the sad part is I think we'll be waiting that much longer for just the details and who knows I get because there's so much that rides on this though Walker and the more I think about it like this could be the difference between adding another core piece to build on or perhaps maybe it'll mean that Nick Batum stays on the roster which is a 27 million dollar thing but it's a thing regardless and at that point if that's going to be the case then hey we can start feeling halfway decent about free agency when we pay the next year when we overpay somebody else who knows so this is an instance where both teams could really stand to benefit from a sign and trade. The Charlotte Hornets could absolutely benefit by not waving and stretching Nick Batum to the point where he's on your books for $9 million a year for the next three seasons. And the Boston Celtics could get a player in return and a trade player, uh, a traded player exception, or they could just get a big old TPE and not send uh, or not receive a player at all and get a big TPE because of Gordon Hayward and his signing with the Boston, um, excuse me, with the Charlotte Hornets. I can't talk today. Now you're going to have to carry us through the, Oh, that, 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 again, then we're all screwed. If <laughs> I can't do it, then no one can do it. Yeah, um, maybe John Corrales can do it. Go check him out on Locked On Celtics because he's actually putting out a lot of good content regarding this situation as well. And I want to talk about some of the things that he talked about on his podcast, Locked On Celtics, and just how motivated the Boston Celtics should be. You know, Nada, you look at the history of some of the bigger names that left that franchise in recent memory. You're talking about losing Al Horford for nothing. The Boston mm -hmm. Celtics got absolutely nothing losing a player that really helped them, right? Like we know the, the reason Al Horford got a big contract with Philadelphia was because of how successful he was with Boston. And you lose a real piece when you lose him for nothing and you don't get anything in return. Kyrie Irving goes to Brooklyn and decides that he doesn't want to play in Boston anymore. And Danny Ainge apparently tried to get some kind of sign and trade, uh, sign and trade worked out, but eventually it didn't happen. So those are two big names 
that left for nothing. John Corrales then talks about Terry Rozier possibly leaving for nothing, but then they were going to get Kimba anyway. And so they work out this sign and trade. And sure enough, you see they're able to pull that off. But either way, you don't want to lose Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, and Kimba Walker for absolutely nothing. And so you could see how Danny Ainge would be very motivated to get this done. There are a lot of reasons why this could uh, be on the holdup right now. Yeah, exactly. No, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you have to squeeze them. You, you you legitimately have to squeeze them because at some point, no matter how many almost deals that Danny Ainge puts together, at some point, he's got to make good on these because if, after a while, it doesn't make any sense to do these, these type of things, you know? Mm-hmm. And like for me, at least... This is the point where you squeeze them and say, hey, look, at best, you take back either Zeller or Rozier. And at worst, you take back Zeller or Rozier. Like, this is a non-negotiable. You're taking back one of our contracts, whether you like it or not. And you're not and you're going to give us a pick to make this make this go away and make this happen that much sooner. I hope that this gets done in a Hornets a favorable fashion, because if this doesn't go down right, if this goes down wrong and Boston walks away and signs Tristan Thompson and because they, and they have to, because once Tristan Thompson is on there, he's hard capped basically. Yeah. So, right. And, and, and so that's a big upgrade. And I know Boston Celtics are, I don't know if it's a big upgrade, but they're happy with Tristan Thompson based on what we've seen. And it seems like people do like the signing for them and just kind of looking at the Celtics and the Hornets trying to work out some kind of sign and trade. I mentioned that Danny Ainge could be doing a lot of different things and there could be a lot of reasons why we haven't gotten the details on this yet. One of them could be to try to find a third team to get involved here to maybe offload a Nick Batum salary to offload some type of salary and for Boston to be able to receive something in return. Maybe it's a player. Um, Also, we know about the TPE and this is something a little bit more interesting. If Mitch Kupchak and Danny Ainge are trying to negotiate what they would send back in return. Do you need to answer that? No, don't worry. Okay. I'm going to pick it up from after I said send back in return. One of the things that you could get back in return if you're the Boston Celtics, it's that big TPE for 30 million. But another idea that John Corrales came up with was if you are just going with the $120 million contract, then you're talking about a 30 million TPE. But if the Hornets were to make this a descending contract. And then let's say that you go from 33 and a half million and then decrease every year by 5%, it would certainly save the Charlotte Hornets every single year, a little bit of cap space going forward. And of course, it's just a smarter deal to have a descending contract when you're talking about a player that's already on the other side of 30. But also you would talk about instead of a $30 million TPE for Boston, Mm -hmm. it would be a 33 and a half. You know, how high could everybody and every party work all of this out? Could the Hornets go as so far to go up to 35, right? Because you think about it from Boston's perspective, Boston's going to be extremely motivated to get that number as high as they can because the higher the number, the bigger the TPE. In a write-up that John Corrales had, you know, he's looking, the, the biggest fish that you could possibly look at if you're Boston, it's James Harden. And yes. 
you know, and I'm because he wants out of his, the organization as reported, you know, this is going to get ugly, right? Like the, we don't know if James Harden is going to be gone from the team and how soon it might happen. We know that the Rockets are ready to go to war here because they want to get their value as much as they possibly can. But that was a name that Corrales was throwing out there, but it could be anybody, you know, I, it could be, I mean, maybe a Bradley Beal is someone that becomes mm-hmm. like, who knows? Like you, you can have that TPE to acquire a, a really nice player for them. And if the Hornets were to make this thing 33 and a half million, or million in the first year, that would give them 5 million or three and a half more million to work with, with the TPE. But also you're talking about, of course, if you're the Hornets, less money going forward, it would make a lot of sense. And if you're going to waive Nick Batum anyway, might as well maximize your cap space. Agreed. And you can get possibly not a, I wonder if the higher you go, could you get a first round pick that inevitably is going to be protected? Maybe even so much so that it turns into second round picks, but I don't think a first round pick is out of the realm. What do you think about all these possibilities and how much maybe it could liken you to this or just maybe kind of salvage as much, um, much more salvage, if you will, from this acquisition, much more salvage. Like that's the thing. Like I would say the salvage is the deal because otherwise from what we know about this deal thus far, it's all fully guaranteed years. So the way you're talking about structuring it, where it starts at 35, it makes a lot more sense for the Hornets to do that because that way, if the least number is the last year that deal is the lowest amount of guaranteed money, then that's the smart business way to go about this. I am like at this point, I kind of want that those highly protected first that turns into two seconds. Because as we've seen, Mitch does work with those seconds. So at some point, like, I just, I kind of want to, I, I just want them to do this the smart way. What would, and I hate to say this, but what would Memphis do? What would, okay, what would Presti do? They're just on your minds because they released the City Edition uniforms and you were tweeting stuff out while I was trying to kick some content to you. <laughs> no, well, no, 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 not necessarily true. Not necessarily true. But what would Memphis do? What would, like, that's the thing. We have to, the one thing that I just wish they would do is start operating a lot more like these other teams that are just have these smart organizations that know how to stack picks and turn them into other assets. The one thing that we've seen Mitch at least somewhat do is try to stack some of these second rounders. And at the same time, like, just turn them into guys that you actually want to see on the roster. So, I would just say, what would Presti do? I, I think that's my new motto for how I would love to see this team get built. What would Presti do? Because it, as we see right now, Presti's got, what, 17 first-round picks and a whole bunch of seconds? Like, I, I kind of want to do that. I, I kind of want to go there right now. Well, and and another idea, just real quickly before we take a quick break, um, you know, you could talk about a Cody Zeller going back to the Boston Celtics and then maybe taking back a Daniel Tice in that scenario who is on a $5 million deal right now. Uh, I need to look up the payroll. I don't think that's guaranteed, but when it would become guaranteed, you would flip that and then uh, you would have $5 million on the books for Daniel Tice this season. You would send Cody Zeller and it would be a much smaller trade player, traded player exception for the Boston Celtics 
But for the Celtics, it seems like based on Twitter, Nada, that the fans would be okay with that. And if you're Boston, you might be okay with that just because you don't want to lose Gordon Hayward for anything or, or for nothing. I mean, excuse mm-hmm. me. And look, you know, if you're Boston, this is something that Zach Lowe talked about. And, and I, I think I might've mentioned this yesterday. I mean, if you're Boston, you're worse without Gordon Hayward on your roster. I mean, you you're, you're talking about different situations of signing these deals where, yeah, $30 million would have been too much for the Celtics to try to sign and, and you know, and, and have him back. And I get all of that. Um, it's still a big contract, but this is a, a Celtics team that is worse. And if, you know, you don't believe in Kimba Walker's health, then this is a Celtics team that could really have a couple of steps back, losing Hayward and Kimba Walker not being fully healthy. So we'll see exactly what happens with the Celtics um, and the Hornets. I'm hoping very soon that we get the details on a potential sign and trade. Before we take a quick break, I want to talk to everyone about Built Go. It's the best physical workout gel out there on the market. Whether you are getting ready for a presentation, you can put it in your golf bag to power through a back nine. If you get a little tired through the front nine, uh, really use it for anything because one, it's going to work great for you, but also it tastes uh, very well. Uh, it tastes very good. It has three delicious flavors that come into um, it comes in built go peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It combines energy gel with collagen protein. And not only does it uh, make you feel better, it literally makes you look better too, because it promotes soft tissue, joint, hair, and skin health. You can visit builtgo.com and use promo code locked and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's use promo code locked for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. It's a couple more segments to go. On the Locked on Hornets podcast, what is the uh, over-under number set uh, by the Action Network, and are we surprised by those expectations? This is Locked on Hornets. Then I clicked on M. Thomas. I'm like, who in the hell is M. Thomas? Matt Thomas is his name. Oh, NBA legend, Matty Thomas. (laughs) Matt Thomas, I'm pretty sure Matt Thomas served me in an Applebee's the other day. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Right now, the Action Network released the Charlotte Hornets over under, and maybe I'm the only one that should be. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that's a little surprised by this. Mm-hmm. Um, just basically where they fall in the rankings, but the Action Network sets the over under for the Charlotte Hornets this season at 26 and a half. Now, granted, okay. it's only a 72 game season, so it's not like they're basing this off an 82 game season. Still, close enough. 26 and a half. That would put them just in front of four teams, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Detroit Pistons, the New York Knicks, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I believe that would put them a half game above OKC. So it's really right there. And that would put them two games behind Washington, according to Action Network's projections. Not I also looked at Jonathan Gavoni's mock draft. And for the 2021 season, as you see all these websites do, as soon as one draft is done, you look at the next year and just kind of get a head start and allow people to know uh, what's to come a year from now. And Jonathan Gavoni had the Charlotte Hornets picking fourth based on, I guess, some projections that they have for the Hornets. They have him taking Evan Mobley, by the way, a seven-footer, um, mm-hmm. I believe, out of USC. We'll watch that film uh, later on <laughs> yes, <laughs> the next exactly. season. We have an but, entire year to watch film on him. Um, but, I mean, man, these projections, right? Like, you see the Charlotte Hornets, and part of the, of the criticism for the Hornets is the fact that you're – giving Gordon Hayward that type of money. But Mm -hmm. also, you would imagine that Gordon Hayward, he is a good player. You would expect him to help the Charlotte Hornets at least somewhat to contend for a playoff spot. 
But according to Jonathan Gavoni and his draft projections, and according to Action Network and their over-under total at 26 and a half, having the uh, fifth worst uh, win total um, mm-hmm. in the NBA, then, you know, this is a bad contract, but it doesn't get them any closer and it doesn't really take them out of uh, lottery contention to try to get maybe a top five pick. What did you make of the projections, Nada? I wasn't surprised. I think people kind of ignore the analytics and everything that said that this team had grossly overachieved and that there was going to be some serious regression to the mean. I think Gordon Hayward is to help that, to continue to help that, because unfortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, this team needs to be competitive in order to field a really good pick. As we've seen, you can't be outright bad to win, to get a top pick anymore. Think about it last year. Minnesota, the Lakers ended up with a top four pick. They had 30-something, a high 30s wins, win total. The um, Minnesota didn't was a mediocre team. They weren't outright bad. They ended up with the number one pick. I really do believe that if you are going to rebuild, and this is where I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth, where I understand why the Gordon Hayward thing, why the Gordon Hayward signing was necessary to remain competitive and to possibly make a, a ha, probably have a better shot at a top five pick than not. But at the same time, again, it's a waste of assets and everything else like that. But at the same time, and more important, I, I guess where I really lie with this is that you're going to need like Hayward was necessary to stay competitive. And at the same time, it's really not going to mean much in the grand scheme of things. It's yeah, okay. The Charlotte Hornets point differential in the Eastern conference was the third worst, despite being the nine seed after the wizards went to the bubble, lost a ton of games and then fell behind the Hornets. So before the bubble, it was the Hornets who finished as the 10 seed. And then the wizards would eventually finish worse. But you look at the worst uh, again, you look at the worst point differential, the Hornets were third to last in the Eastern conference, but also this was a team that finished ahead in the standings compared to Cleveland, Atlanta, Detroit, New York, and Chicago. And, you know, a few of those teams, as I mentioned, had a better point differential, um, which goes to show you all the close wins that the Charlotte Hornets had this past season, which kind of points to, you know, maybe not analytics, but just some of the other stats that suggest the Hornets very much so outperformed what they were supposed to do last season. And they performed a lot better at the end of the year. So I understand all of that. But it does bring an interesting point of, okay, well, if these are the projections for the Hornets and people are destroying them for taking themselves out of lottery contention, then really the only gripe that you have is just not wanting to be in the business of giving out bad deals. And I completely agree with that. I fall fully within the middle of that circle. But also, if it doesn't take you out, if it truly doesn't take you out of contention to get a top five pick, then this isn't nearly as crippling as a lot of people are making it out to be. But Nada, I, I don't agree with the projections as much because what you did was you certainly at least made it better for you to outperform those projections and mm-hmm. you only increase the odds of you trying to... Like, if they don't sign Gordon Hayward, then you're really talking about, yeah, well, this is a team that overperformed last year and if you bring them back to the mean, then this is going to be a, a bottom five team again. But you signed Gordon Hayward to try to make them better. I think he does. And so you're only trying, you're only actively hurting the chances of you getting a top five pick in a draft that we've talked about being so damn deep. Well, the, the, here's the other thing, though. Like we say this, and what about the players? The players do need support. And this is where the personnel side, this is where like the human relations side of, wanting to be bad to get as many assets as possible 
like conflicts with the human side because as we've seen right now, these Charlotte Hornets have zero credibility with anybody on this. Like they don't have any sort of credibility. So when we start talking about stuff like this, then, hey, maybe it might be a better idea for having these guys, for legitimately having these guys have someone out there to teach them ropes to make sure that you don't have bad habits. So I kind of understand why they're trying to do this in a certain way, because at some point you can't leave these kids off to their own devices because, as I've said before, bad habits form. No, and I understand that. And and I even subscribe to that theory that Gordon Hayward improves this roster and your young players improve because he's on the roster. And I get that, especially if Terry Rozier goes and you don't have to have him take up some of this minutes from the other players in the backcourt. You know, I get all of that. But I also don't think, Nada, that you have these young players that are angry for one, getting more playing time over Gordon True. Hayward and also just gelling together with a couple of other veterans, like bringing back Biznak Biombo, like you did, having Terry Rozier, who we've both talked about, was somewhat of a leader for this team that guys looked up to. And you still have Cody Zeller on the roster, at least right now. And, and the young guys that you have, you know, <laughs> quote unquote, young guys, you're talking about the Martin twins and Devonte Graham, who are old dudes coming into <laughs> the NBA right out of college. So, you know, like I, I don't know how much true immaturity there is, especially if we're going to praise PJ Washington. Yes. Maturity is going to help. But when you're talking about the lack of maturity, yeah, they're young, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how immature these guys are. The, the names you would look at, or, you know, maybe McDaniels, you know, Malik Monk, you can look at a couple of those guys for sure. And maybe LaMelo, LaMelo, I mean, he's been a professional. Um, but still, are, are you saying, Bringing it's, in someone like Gordon Hayward, it's worth 120 million to to grow those guys up and help them grow. Uh, not not for me. And not well, me. again, here's the thing. Like here's and this is where this is where this all gets really interesting and this really gets deep. Again, 120 million dollar babysitter is a lot, but <laughs> considering what probably it would have cost to get a real leader in here to per, per, per se. It's probably a bargain. And if you get better pros, if you get guys that know how to be better pros, and we're talking again, we're not even talking about the Vernon Carries, the Nick Richards of the world. Like, if you get these guys that can teach folks how to be better pros, then it's worth it. Like, at that point, it's, it's worth it. If it convinces Malik Monk to stay on the straight and narrow, it's worth it. Like, these guys do kind of need an adult. And if you're not going to, and, as we talked about, if Marvin Williams is not going to really be interested in the coaching role and biz is all you got, you need someone else to be the sounding board, right? Who better um, than a guy that wants to basically be the leader of his own narrative in Gordon Hayward? Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, but again, you we, we if we're going to gas up Terry Rozier as a leader, then, you know, step up as true. a leader then. And if we're going to talk about Cody Zeller, who seems to be willing to do whatever you need him to do based on a Q&A with Rick, based on just his demeanor overall, then that's someone people can look up to as well. And when we're talking about these young guys, they're also 25. Like the Martin twins are old as hell because they set out a year when transferring from NC State to Nevada and they come in seasoned because of the deep runs that they've had. Uh, I don't I don't need them to I mean, sure, you want to mentor for everyone, but I think they can be also a little bit OK rather than look, Gordon Hayward fits. I, I'm not saying that he's not going to help these guys, but at the price and then given, you know, all the things we talked about. Um, I still fall on the side of it making less sense than it does make more sense. Coming up this week, we are going to discuss the draft picks a little bit more. 
look, we've got one more episode before we're going to call it quits for Thanksgiving break. Not going to release an episode Thursday or Friday. And so we'll talk about the draft picks maybe next week. We're going to try to keep you updated as much as possible on the sign and trade details that could come out if it indeed happens. And if it doesn't happen and the Hornets just end up waving and stretching Nick Batum. Anyway, we will keep you up to date and we'll talk about the details that come out whenever they do. One more segment to go on the Locked on Hornets podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot (laughs) wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. East meets West in Locked On NBA Tuesdays. Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News and host of Locked On Warriors. And David Ramil, host of Locked On Heat, tackle the biggest NBA stories of the day coast to coast. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get your podcast. Nada, you came across uh, a funny Kimba Walker, Jason Tatum exchange and Taylor Rook's piece. Um, that you wanted to discuss today to end the show. So I'll go yes. ahead and read it, this excerpt that you brought from the Taylor Rooks piece. She write, um, and by the way, this article was all about life in the NBA bubble in Orlando and what was a crazy time to see how all of this went about. But she, re- uh, she writes, quote, it was a revelation that brought the already close teammates even closer, according to Jason Tatum. He said, quote, Kimba was like, yo, before I met you, I thought you were just like the epitome of a light-skinned dude with good hair who went to Duke. But being around you, you're just a country dude from St. Louis. Uh, Not I feel like this is an excerpt that you're a little bit better qualified to talk about more so than I am. This speaks to my soul, Walker. This speaks to my (laughs) soul. Like, this is Kemba in a nutshell. Because if you've met any other dudes from Yonkers, New York, this is them. This is exactly who they are. They are blunt. They are honest. They are not, how would I put this, PC. And it's always a good time. It's hilarious all the time that we do this this kind of stuff. So I'm always here for more Kemba Walker stories because clearly we did not get enough of these. And I wish Kemba Walker showed more of this personality instead of being the straight and narrow of the choir boy. I really wish he did more of this around here. But there, and you know what? For all we know, there are probably more stories like this. I am not very happy. Again, I'm not happy that the first time we hear about this, this involves Boston. Why does it have to involve Boston, Walker? This could have involved Charlotte. This would have been better if it involved Charlotte. But unfortunately, it didn't. I'm upset now, Walker. I've turned something that was supposed to be something very, very happy into a very upsetting thing because I just realized what I lost. Yeah, wow. That's interesting. I didn't realize we were going to go there. I thought we were just going to laugh at Kimball Walker stereotyping Jason Tatum and then realizing exactly who Jason Tatum was, man. But it is hilarious. Just this light-skinned dude with good hair. Exactly. Duke. I mean, you you put all of that. It's it's hilarious how Kimba just looks at that kind of guy and just rolls his eyes and thinks, man, you know, that this isn't somebody that I'm really trying to vibe with. But then he's like, yeah, man, you're just a country dude from St. Louis that's way different. Um, yeah, I mean, that is pretty funny to hear. And you're right. Like, we didn't get to see a lot of that joking around too much, at least in public frequently from Kimba. And I don't know if we got to see it a ton in Boston this season, but it is pretty cool that Taylor Rooks got something like that that really showed Kimba's a funny dude. Yeah, it is. And it was such a good it's such a good look. <laughs> and, and granted, um, for again, Kimba was not alone in that that stereotyping of Jason Tatum. I might have 
done the same thing too. <laughs> You're and, saying and, that you did that. Yeah. Th- again, there's a time. Let's be real here. Do not, again, people do not try and cancel me off of the, Again, light-skinned dudes with good hair from Duke, generally there's a type. They generally act the same way. It's like Coach K recruits them off the off the, the uh, assembly lot. So I, I'm just saying there is a type. There is a type. Um, well, and then and now what you sound like is Jalen Rose talking about Grand Hill. That's what you sound <laughs> exactly. like. <right? laughs> exactly. Jalen Rose getting mad. You know, Grand Hill, he had a dad that was in the NFL. You know, he had a dad that had the nice coogie sweater sending his kid to Duke. And, you know, for me, it wasn't like that. Number one, pick Jimmy Walker. And so what you're saying is, uh, you know, Jason Tatum is Grant Hill. And that's what Coach K is looking for. But in reality, they're just a couple of cool dudes that Kimba Walker can get uh, behind and vibe with. And eventually Jalen Rose can get behind and vibe with. Uh, That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Did I navigate that conversation well, Nana? Yes, you did. You did. Uh, I like to think so. Thank you. At least I was very much trying to do so. It wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Always appreciate you guys uh, listening to the podcast. Have one more for you this week. Hopefully, again, we get some details on this potential sign and trade. Tell your smart device, by the way, to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.